The real, hip hop, MCing and DJing from your own mind, you know. You know. I just right now we should start the show. This is Sharon Shabazz, and you're listening to the RealHipHop.com podcast. Today, my guest is a Cincinnati native that now resides in Chicago. He's one half of the rap group Grumpy Old Men, and he goes by the name Pete Sake. At the end of 2017, Pete returned to rap after a brief hiatus and released an album with producer Longevity called Heaven Can Wait. In this episode, Pete talks about coming back to rap, police brutality, our president Donald Trump, and working with longevity on his new album, Heaven Can Wait. Okay, uh, explain the title of the new album, uh, Heaven Can Wait. Um, Heaven Can Wait, man, it, it's, uh, it was really like two different iterations of this album, right? So uh, initially, um, because I hadn't put anything out in since 2014 and I can I considered myself retired right I was like I, I don't have anything else to say like I, I think I'm I'm pretty much done um and then you know a couple of my good friends my wife like people were just like yo man get back into it whatever so slowly I started to to get back into it and when the, the creative uh spark hit me I was at this I don't know, it was like the first time in my adult life where I was just completely happy, right? Like, um, like man, like my wife, my dog, bought a, got a crib, my family's doing great, my friends are all prospering, like, all this shit is great. So it was like, heaven can wait, like, let us all live <laughs> like let us all be here to enjoy this soak it up while we can like that just push push that down the road a little bit um but then i don't know man like literally after writing the first record um the first record was um me you getting your shit that was like for, for my wife or whatever and then um you know it was around election time and, and you started to see people's true colors come out and and there was just like a, a an energy a negative energy that I couldn't avoid like I feel like as as an MC or as an artist in general you have a duty to kind of speak on at least a couple things like speak on some shit that's happening around you right because um, like your music will be archived for future generations um, so then it was like man Heaven what's the best way to put this like as, as great as my life is right so the world around us is is a mess um, so in that sense I also need to push my death to the side I need to stay here as long as possible to try to help make others better or, or we can all kind of come together and, and and do it that way so it's not really the best explanation I guess um, but that's the best way I can think of it right now on, on my first few sips of coffee I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's okay it, it's it's uh, it's understood man um, what exactly uh, led to the realization that you were the happiest 
that you've been as an adult? Was it just the family, the dog? Man, I think we're we're constantly evolving, but I feel like um, the last few years of my life, the last couple of years of my life, it's the first time I felt like totally comfortable as me, right? Like I not feeling like um, I need to um, live up to a certain standard. Like, for instance, fresh out of college, <clears throat> you know, all of us are like, oh man, like I need to, you know, get this gig so I can get the, the biggest crib and I need like, you know, three cars and, and I'm sure I'm gonna have, you know, X amount of kids so I, I wanna be able to put them to college. You know, like whatever your, your childhood dreams were and that you want them to come to fruition like shortly thereafter um and then like just keeping up with the joneses and and we all get caught up on this like rat in this rat race on this hamster wheel searching for more and more and more and then like i'm good like i i'm i do pretty well i make good money whatever it is but this is the first time i'm just like damn man like i look around i'm i'm, I'm just I'm happy, man. I'm content. Uh, I don't feel like I need to impress anybody. I don't feel like um, I'm less than because, you know, I'm not pushing a certain whip. I don't feel necessarily less than because I don't have, you know, a million followers or, you know, all that stuff. Like, all those things that I feel like our culture and society has kind of um, pushed as an agenda. Like, you know, you see it all the time. I don't feel like I have to subscribe to any of it. And, and that way, I feel like super at peace. Okay, you mentioned that you stepped away from rap for a while. Um, was that a result of being unhappy? And what exactly brought you back? Good question, man. Um, well, that really ties into the last answer, man. Um, I think that there was the majority of my career as an MC, um, I wanted, I wanted more. Like, I, I think I, um, instead of, so I've been writing my entire life. I, I probably wrote my first rap when I was like fifth grade or something, right? So that was like 1992, I don't know, whatever that is. And my whole life, I just done it because it felt good. You know, I did it because, it was it was great. I was one of the only people that did it. I, it felt good to get things off of my chest. Uh, it, you know, it felt good to perform and and like interact with people. It felt good to put music out and just have people say like, "Yo, like track number eight, that's my joint." Like this is why those things matter the most. But then, like somewhere along the line, you kind of lose a little bit of that joy. At least I did. I can't speak for other for other artists. But I lost a little bit of that joy because, like, with each passing year, as I got a little bit older, it was like, damn, like, that's, I love doing this, but I feel like maybe nobody is really hearing it, right? Like, I, I don't have, because you write music so people can hear it and you can connect, but if you don't feel like people are hearing it, it's like, well, uh, I mean, okay. And then I, I get into my own head about that, and I'm like, man, why am I really doing this? because I guess I could just like write one one piece here and there and go perform it as like a, a speakeasy open mic joint and 
and that should be enough, right? But um, so I think I was battling some of those uh, demons, uh, like from, from I don't know for a long time, and then once we put out the last album, Forever, um, it kind of all just came to a head, and I was like, damn man, I, I felt like I put a lot of work into this, and like I don't think anybody cares. I think I'm done. Um, and that was that. Like, you know, there were times where I, I thought I could, I hear a beat and I was like really excited to write to it, but then it came back down to, well, who really is going to hear this? Like, don't even, you, you can use your time better, right? Um, but I'm back. So, you know, and it feels good to be back because, again, I'm at peace, man. You know, whether it's five people or five million people, it, it feels good. Regardless, that's dope, man. Okay, so how did you hook up with Longevity? Oh man, uh, Long, that's that's my guy from way back. Um, so when I first moved, one of the guys I first moved here with um, from college is my boy Major Seven. He's a producer uh, originally from Indiana, um, and he lived here for you know good like seven eight years, but. Um, that was one of his like high school friends and they used to make music together and Major Seven he was like teaching him the ropes like selling him stuff on like Fruity Loops and you know old programs and uh, Longevity would come to Ball State and like kick it a couple times and then just from that like inorganic friendship kind of sprouted from those interactions and then, you know uh, as he as we both like individually developed like I became a little, I, I got a little better every project, and he got a little better every project. Um, it was like, yo, we need to do this. And I didn't think that there was a, I've, I've always really appreciated his talent because he's able to go anywhere. I'm like, yo, I want something that sounds like I just landed on Mars. He's like, I know exactly what you mean. Oh, I need something that sounds like I just, escape from a prison right like like whatever the description is he can do it and um i felt like there wasn't a better producer to to work one-on-one -on -one with on my like quote-unquote comeback project you know um and that's my guy man that's gonna be my guy forever <laughs> that's dope all right well how was doing this project different from working with grumpy old men oh different from grumpy old men projects yeah. Um, it was all, like, all, every concept was, was mine. Um, like, I can, I love collaborating with Mike Spitz. That's my brother. We, and we think very similarly in our approaches to music. Um, but our music was, even though we did touch on some stuff, it was a lot, it was just more, like, lighthearted. You know, it was, um, and I, I guess... Like a like playful in some ways, and just kind of like yo, let's let's try to see who gets the best of each other on the on the verses. Um, whereas with this project, it was literally like um, longevity would send me a batch of beats. I would just kind of like stew over them for a couple of weeks. I let them know like yo, I picked these two. These are what they're going to be about. And then I just had free reign, man. So like everything from the the concept of the project, the concept of each song, 
uh, who I wanted to sing on, what they were going to sing. Like, I wrote all that shit, you know. And um, so it's like mine. And, and not in like a an egotistical way, but it's like it just is. Like the same way a woman gives birth and it's like, this is my baby. Like, this is mine. Um, and he was the, his production, like, created or, or kind of guided what I thought about, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, on the album, the song Blue Blood Ganglands speaks on the injustices done to us by police and the justice system. <laughs> God bless America, with ain't nothing scary good then. Driving while black, cause them sheriffs could bury you. Drag you out your career and cap you in that new era. Swear that you were strapped, prepared to start clapping. That's why you dead. Captured it on the new footage. Had like a billion views. The public who ain't above it know something of the abuse. A glimpse of the view that we've been accustomed to since our youth. Been taught to avoid police. May need you a bulletproof. Throw the proofs in the pudding and footage that you can put in. Don't resonate, not for good when the victim live where the hood is. Holy shit, oh my goodness. We don't get it, how could this happen? It's our reaction when Captain Jackson who pulled this Got it blasted and overreaction actually should get At least half of the max don't get jacked and they hardly took it Pass for that, how tragic and factor that someone whoop this Ask for that, bet you homie get max for that shit is crooked And it's blue blood gang land But you know, anyone with common sense knows this is a major issue, but what do you think the solution is to this problem? Oh man, uh, there that's so tough um, because so my wife and I went to a uh, over at like the Northwestern Law School. Um, I forget what what it's called, but it's like right downtown. Uh, they have these like speeches and, and like every week or whatever. And we went to one. It was like a, a panel. They had uh, like a former police officer, current police officer of some sort, some kind of liaison, and this guy who writes about like injustices, and that's the exact thing. And they they talked about that, um, and kind of came out of it with almost no resolution. I mean, one thing that everybody agreed on was that there needs to be um, you need to have some kind of a community but like a communication between the, the public and, and the police right so if that means that in Englewood all the police officers who patrol Englewood well they should probably be from or from somewhere close to that area um, and that's tough because then you're looking at well you have to kind of reverse an entire history of um, a black youth being afraid of police and instead of being afraid of them wanting to grow up to be a police officer, right? Um, because that's the only way that can happen. Like, there's no way you can get people from a particular neighborhood to become police officers and patrol that neighborhood unless they are no longer afraid of the police or no longer respect the police or, or whatever the case is, right? So the... Um, but once, if that were to happen, then you're like, oh, well, these 15 cops who have this beat, they actually respect the neighborhood, and they can have these conversations. They might pull up on the on the corner instead of treating 
So whoever, like, an animal, they pull up like, ah, yo, box man, come on, bro. You know, like, you can have a dialogue and an actual respect for one another, and and that can change the entire culture. But, I mean, I don't have, like, I, I truly don't have the answers. I think that's the one thing that sounds the most feasible, possibly. Yeah, that's a tough one, man. That's a tough... Uh, it's so many layers to it, you know? Oh, so many, man. Uh, I mean, it's just like everything that... My wife, and I have, my wife and I have so many conversations about all this stuff, like every single night, every single day. And we always come to that conclusion. It's like uh, there's too many there's too many layers because you might think you have the right answer, but then that begets a completely different set of issues, and then you have to figure that one out. It's like education reform. Like, uh, I, there seems to be an answer, but then it's like, well, that creates this issue and that doesn't please this set of people and if you take these this money that's allocated for this and you give it to this demographic then this demographic is unhappy and and it's it's always messy man but sometimes like you have to do what's best for the greater good and, and a small portion of the people won't be necessarily happy about it but um yes yeah, it's, it's rough man i just know I don't maybe as far as the police are concerned, like demilitarizing the police, maybe not training them as if they are uh, going into Afghanistan when they go into the south or west sides of Chicago. Uh, you know, maybe uh, training them to to approach things a little bit differently having them maybe see some psychotherapists or psychologists who can uh, calm them uh, a little bit because you're going into these situations totally on edge and every little movement you think is is an aggressive one. You know, um, there's a lot of stuff, man. There, there, there are a lot of things. Okay. Also on the album, man... Uh you have a song called Great Again where you talk about the storm that gave us Donald Trump. Um, yeah. It's time to remember that all of us of our soldiers will never forget that whether we are black or brown or white, we all bleed the same red blood of patriots. We all enjoy the same glorious films and we also It's the land of opportunity, home of the brave, nation of Freemasons, state of the former slave, election day was a grave, hope and spirits were laid, revolution is imminent, worth the enmity paid, and blood, sweat, and tears, the country they made it clear, whose country they think it is, best love you some Travis Tritt, be Catholic, straight as an arrow, a hella rich, our nation red as shit, be careful if you's a crip, we holding on to hope like a baby on to a tent, this is it, king of pop was preparing us when he split, Screaming, beat it back to your country, niggas is fixed in the end. Ain't none of us native, fuck you, we the dick. Don't fuck with they legislation, let it straight to a ditch. They fucking with education, no one pay with the kids. They fucking, they pregnant, contraception is getting spread. But this is what it is, we making shit great again. Hey, what you gon' do when you get out of jail? Yeah, they got you on the news, yeah, they say it's a mail. Yeah, let me get some blues. 
We've always been a divided country, but what do you, why, why do you think it seems so in your face right now? I, I'm, honestly, I think um, because it's always been there, like you said, we've always been a divided country. It's, it's a country built on racism. We want to talk about police. I mean, police were used to round up like free but quote unquote runaway slaves during reconstruction right so it, it's a country that's whole foundation is on racism and slavery and, and uh, one upsmanship and, and all that um, but I think the, the eight years of the Obama administration like frustrated the hell out of people man and, and instead of just being like you know what like he was the best option I hate black people but he was the better option or whatever an ignorant racist would say they looked at it as like no by any means we have to take this back I mean the whole make America great again those four words alone speak volumes right so I mean what so what was great like what era are you talking about are like whips and chains era are you talking about uh, Jim Crow era like where was it so great that you would want to take us back to um, so I, I feel like it was just those eight years um, and then wanting to kind of undo with uh, whatever progress was made and I, I, I guess that's all I could boil it down to because other than that it's just flat out I'll fuck this be racist man <laughs> like, you know <laughs> as simple as that right yeah alright man who would you say that the Heaven Can Wait album is made for man I think Heaven Can Wait is made for listeners like me um, and probably like you um, if if uh, a J. Cole or if a, uh, I won't even start naming off names but what I mean by that is the person who wants to like actually hear something right hear substance um, whether it's a story or just touching on a topic or somebody being vulnerable and, and showing their emotions but then also it's, it's just in the roots of hip hop it's got some it's got that heartbeat to it man like you know you can say anything you can you can say anything substantial or substantive and just because you are speaking on something doesn't mean that I want to hear it but if you do that shit and you got a crazy delivery and the beat's crazy and you know and it's just like an actual dope hip hop song then I'm fucking with it um, I think that's what the like Coles and Kendrick's like the new the newish era uh, Joey Badass like all these cats do that really well and I feel like they, they carry the torch of, of the hip hop spirit really well um, 
so I guess that's who it's meant for. It's like meant for the person who just wants to hear some dope shit, but not necessarily just like dope shit that isn't about something. Um, I try to like balance that. All of my projects, I want to balance it a little bit. Like I never want to be seen as like that preachy dude because you know nobody wants to. It's like ain't nobody trying to hear that shit, Sharif. Like you know, like nobody wants to be like beat over the head constantly. But at the same time, like I'm not trying to just be out here like making a whole party album, you know. So it's got to be a balance because we're we experience different emotions on a on a daily basis. All right, my friend. Uh, thank you for taking the time to speak to the real hip hop. Absolutely, man. Thank you for uh, for inviting me to to speak, dude. All right, man. Good luck with the project. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace. Wanted to move to Atlanta, be where my idol was at. Night of my first show, same day Granny died. Whole damn family came, felt like Grammy night. Roll Joyce first, girl delivered it perfect. After words at the church, seen my whole damn family crying. It's hard to describe such a feeling when you're feeling so inspired. At the same time, feelings though that life within the blink of an eye, then 180. Then maybe the strength of my family tied to one lady, a strong lady, a whole backbone lady, a child trying to reconcile. Life goes on, made me write more. Every story, poem, and song, every light bulb. Shine bright and sharing my life is what I write for. All of my shame, my passion, pain, my strife for. Simple and plain, just trying to earn my stripes for killing, building the name. Get people saying I'm nice or get in the game, go get us a better life. Four years later, killed more peers, made a tape for like four years. But to Allen and when he played it He said that shit was great Then Miss Kershey joint was his favorite At that point, felt like I made it A few years later at Ball State People knew I could rhyme Had been talking to Benny B Almost thought I was sign Rhyme say it's an ABB Only thing on my mind Get my degree and maybe we'll see But let me rewind Couple of years prior to do To buy some through ciphers And was good at freestyling He told me I was invited to a show That he would throw Where the rapper came from the shy Rhyme fest, I ain't know him But told him I would come by Long story short Cops shut it down, they violated House party on the us out of town, we migrated, sipping crown, me and Fess sat down and started trading, boss not battling, just rappers with inspiration, this led to a conversation, said that I was just making, music just for the crew, I ain't trying to live in the matrix, I kinda heaven can wait, 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 I used to go by Bishop, then he said, Bishop, you could be great, I know talent when I see it, I think you got what it takes, if you wanna make it, but even he was running from greatness, he said his homie Jay was trying to get him to make this, record with Scarface, but he was drawing a blank, then shit, kinda crazy to think about life changing, two roses in the pavement, trying to stay in the shade then, a couple years later, he won a Grammy and made it, I started making music with Main and Mike, then later just me and Mike, now this is 08 and 9, we live in the shot, I'm giving out a mixtape of mine, the welfare, everybody around me is sick of dying, the hell cares about rhyming, I got my mind on all of these health scares, along the line looks Robbie and Z, Mike's father would pass, my pop's hard to see, then my mom would get diagnosed and I'm starting to think, chasing this dream ain't everything I thought it would be, talking with Martin and Tony B, I'm like that's it, I'm finished with rap, when I wrap up this new black shit I start 
writing and get invited to rock a show in Blue Island. Not excited, but I'm on. That's my bro. I said, I ain't then fuck it. Do this one last show, then I'm retiring. Fuck it. Next in line on stage before my time. This guy was kicking the freestyle rhyme and acapellas. The crowd and I both found him compelling. And so I tell him I'm making my last record. Got a joint it could kill. Happy for Major 7th that probably could seal the deal. He set us up a session with Classic when he was still working out. His mama bass me. We laid it. This shit was ill. Not too long until we write us another jam. But one turn into three. This led to Grumpy a man. Which led to was speaking fan. This led to was seeing fantastic sounds become part of the plan. Here I am. And I wouldn't change a thing, bro. Life is good and I'm good if it stay the same, yo. My wife said if I quit writing it'd be a shame. So I wrote you heaven could wait. I hope you maintain until I reach you again. Let's go. As long as I can remember, all I've ever wanted to be was a rapper.